welcome to session number five of the Tea Curious podcast, where we explore tea theory, techniques, and tea stories to help us grow in our tea journey. Today, we welcome our friend Noah from Floating Leaves. And yeah, what a session this was. I honestly was already so overwhelmed when they said yes to join us for the podcast. As much as me and Steven feel like we owe them so, so much for the generous lessons we've learned so far. I mean, just wow. So Floating Leaves, if you've never heard of them before, they're a company based out of Seattle, Washington. And it's basically Noah, Shouen, and a growing tea kid. And now their partner, Sunny, in their newly opened Taiwan shipping headquarters. So they're based in the U.S. and also in Taiwan. They also have their own podcast, the super experiential Floating Leaves podcast, which we really highly recommend if you'd like to do some more of the stuff that we cover in this podcast. And really what we wanted to share in this episode is what they do on that podcast and how they approach teaching about tea. So you can kind of check them out yourself. So as of this recording, Noah had been working on his roasting technique. And we already know Noah to be such an amazing tea host. And now he's kind of a tea processor. Roasting is a really important skill for tea. And for him to be able to kind of dip into it, show us some of the work in progress. And then as of the time of this episode actually releasing, selling the tea he's learned how to roast from their teachers in Taiwan. It's just amazing to be able to piece that together. So for this episode, Noah asked if he could share some of the teas that he was working on at the time. And we tried those teas together. Um, with that context, even if you don't have these teas, I just invite you to sit with us and kind of let Noah lead us, which is exactly what he did for this episode. We didn't know where we were going. We didn't know what we were going to learn. But just the excellence and kindness of Noah as a tea host and someone who just loves tea, I think just speaks for itself. I won't try to explain any further. This is almost the experience you'll get just walking into the tea shop in Seattle, as long as you are catching yourself on a good day, I think. <laughs> so just sit down with us, relax, and experience what it's like to learn about tea from floating leaves. This is the Re and Steven podcast about tea. <laughs> I think we should start with that. So welcome to the Re and Steven podcast, Noah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just get I'm back happy to, to it. Be here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I can't even express in words how excited and nervous I am and we are to have you on because you have done so many tea things to us that I can't even express. <laughs> that even know about. <laughs> so thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And yeah, how are you feeling? Good. Yeah, I uh I haven't seen you guys for a while. Uh, I think the last time might have been in, in Las Vegas, actually. Is that right? Yep. So it's really good to see you guys again and talk a little bit. I don't know what your tease experience has been like since then. For me, I, I think you know, but I'll, I'll say it, reiterate it on the podcast. I've been learning to roast tea uh, and, of course, floating these tea, just the usual daily operations. And then we have a, we also have a podcast. Um, so with those three things, it's been really busy. And I actually got to go to Taiwan this last, uh, spring. Despite COVID restrictions, I got a business visa. Um, it was a long process to get one. And, and then I got in, I had to quarantine for 14 or 15 days, actually. You get out of the airplane, they have like this, uh, Guy saying, do you have a SIM card in Taiwan? No, go in this line. <laughs> do you have a SIM card in Taiwan? Yes, go in this line. Then you wait, you buy your SIM card, you fill out like the same form like five times, depending on your how far along you've gotten in the process. And eventually you get to the end of the line. Um, they've already checked you like a bunch of times. You go through and uh, then you go to a taxi cab. They spray you all down with alcohol and... <laughs> <laughs> and then you get in the cab and then you go straight to the quarantine hotel. That was 15 days. But after that, I was able to spend time learning tea roasting with my teacher, the charcoal roast master. I was able to spend time with the farmers uh, for high, high elevation teas and also Dongding, uh, which is actually um, the tea that I brought to share with you guys today uh, was uh, his or is his tea. Gotcha. So this tea that uh, so Noah sent us some tea. Um, it feels very special just to hold it. Um, these are the teas that we'll be talking about, right? 
Yes. Um, cool. And yeah, I mean, just how was it? How was the trip? Well, it was amazing, but also worth it. There was there was things to be worth that were it. Uh, meaning that there was a long quarantine in the beginning, obviously, but then COVID cases got in when I was there. Mm-hmm. So I was actually locked down for a total of two months. Yeah. Like without being able to do anything to yeah. see any other people. So so there was a, a, a very concentrated amount of time where I was like working for like 14, 16 hours a day when I was able to see people. And it was amazing. And that's when I was spending time with a charcoal roasting teacher. And that was the time when I was visiting with the farmers. And I think apart from the the knowledge and the practice that I got roasting tea um, and the experience that I got of choosing tea for the first time by myself, which was invaluable, uh, the biggest thing that I could take away from the trip is how are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, I do it all the time. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> how I... <laughs> fucking hard people work in Taiwan? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like up without sleeping for days, and just to make the teas that we're drinking. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. they work so so hard, and and uh, to be around them when they're doing that, and and um, that on top of that, they very graciously lead me along like a dummy. Like a blind man, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what we're doing now. Oh, cool. This is what we're doing now. But they're like, they've been working for 12 hours straight. They're like, dang, really, really grateful for, really grateful to see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, If it's okay to share, like, I've seen a little bit of that. And, you know, I've been put in a position of, like, staying up with them. And me just standing around, like, taking pictures and being really extra. And then I fall asleep and wake up and they're still awake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're still awake. So I, yeah. I, I totally yeah. feel that. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking crazy. So it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and can I ask if, uh, the trip was, you wanted to go there to learn how to roast tea. Yeah. In addition to everything else. Right. And yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask if it was, uh, master John that you were talking about who you learned how to roast tea with. Charcoal roast master teacher. I just call him teacher, teacher John. Yeah, yeah. Um, and me and Steven love these teas, um, just for the folks listening. Like, I can't even express, again, in words. It's, it's like, not words expressible how, like, <laughs> significant to us as people and, like, just emotionally, your teas that you shared with us, you and Shoen, and your teachers have shown to us. You know, like, I've, I've never met these people, but to hear your stories about going to learn with them and then passing it on to us just means so much because they really move with us. And we haven't seen each other in a long time. It's it's kind of crazy because as people, we haven't seen each other. But you guys are here in our room all the time, like with a tea and like doing things to us and, and teaching us in so many ways that even if you're like, hey, haven't seen you since Vegas. We're like, you guys are freaking here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the things that these teachers and, and you guys who, if it's okay to call you our teachers, you know, you, you share with us. So... Um, that's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, uh, what we were wondering if we should hop into the teas and we can talk about them as we go. Yeah. Do you want to hop um, into the teas? Yeah. Cause usually tea likes to be like, what about me <laughs> when we're doing stuff like this? Yeah. It's up to you. Do you think it's, it's, it's about time? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go heat up my water then. Okay. Sounds good. So if before you put water on the teas, but once you put the leaves in the bowl, you can take a look at the at the difference between the three. I have a question for you, Noah. If it's okay. Yeah. Um, sure. When you're when you're evaluating tea like this, do you still put intention into the tea and presence? Yeah. Uh, so the difference between 
brewing like this and then brewing in a daiwan or a teapot is that's more it's more like showing off a piece of music as best as you can so there's a different kind of uh intention that i put into brewing the tea at that point but um when I'm evaluating tea, even as soon as I'm looking at the leaf, like this, just raw, um, a lot of times I'll just say in my mind, hello, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and just see what I notice about it uh, and try not to think about it too much, just more observe it. So in that sense, I, 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 I would say, yeah, there's certainly an intention behind evaluating tea. I was curious because um, whenever I evaluate tea, um, I tend to be an overthinker by nature. So I always think too much about it. And I kind of like, I mean, we were talking about this and like, we, me and Steven talk about you and Sean a lot. <laughs> But we were like, where, where, where does it come from? Where does their tea come from? And I'm like, I think that my problem or the thing that I need to work on is that a lot of my tea focus is like here on like my eyes and like my, my head and like at the tips of my fingers. Whereas when I see you and show Enbrew, and I think Steven does this better than I do, the intention is a little bit different. Like the focus is a little bit different. So naturally I put like a nervous energy in like the way that I brew tea and even the way that I evaluate. So it's interesting to learn about that and learn from an example. <laughs> so thanks for sharing. Yeah, I think with uh, what T is able to tell us, it's very valuable to be able to stop and look deeply in order to hear it. I have a tendency to overthink as well. Uh, very much so. Um, so there's, for me, there's a big part of my, my life really is practicing to be able to see more clearly. Uh, I mean, and tea is an inspiration to do that, but, but in everything, um, there's an opportunity to come back and look without thinking. That's a surprise to me because I thought that it might just come naturally to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You know, not. I mean, we live in America, man. Like, we live in the world of like gigantic advertisements everywhere and watching TV. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of momentum to push energy up into the head. Like, it's, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, modern societies all over the world, but America, I think, is, uh, in a way, a, a certain kind of um, uh, epicenter of that kind of modern uh, modern lifestyle, inspiration for other people around the world to be more like bright and new and shiny and modern. But that that does push energy up into the head. So if I if I sat here telling you I've always been so aware of everything. <laughs> Then you could call me a bullshit artist if you want to. <laughs> gotcha. I would love to ask more about that, but I feel like I'm keeping the tea waiting. Um, so hello, tea. They look so beautiful. So I think I labeled them like raw tea, then the 101 and 102. Is that right? Yes. So in front of me, I have three bowls and I have one with the raw red oolong, red oolong charcoal roast 101. And then red oolong charcoal roast 102 is what I cool. have. And they're very pretty. Uh, the leaves are very small and have a really nice sound when they drop into the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> they make good tea up on Dongding. So this is a, a Dongding tea. Yeah. I am so impressed by your ability to like hold space for me from far away that I feel like I'm calm, which is not my typical state of mind that's ridiculous you're crazy that's good wow 
Wow, it smells amazing, Stephen. Want to smell them? Just on, you know, first first glance, like it's just sweeter as a, as we go on um, from raw to charcoal roast 101 or 102. So is there something we should do next or or at this time? Yeah, just hit them with hot water. Sounds good. Let's get going. Let's taste them. Yeah. So can I ask why it was these teas that you, you sent to us to talk about? So when I started my charcoal fire this time, the very first time, um, I was gambling that this charcoal would work for me, and it didn't. Uh, it burned very fast. And the result was I couldn't keep a steady temperature going for very long. So what I wanted to show was, I mean, first the raw tea, um, it's, I find it's really fun to drink raw tea, even though it doesn't feel very comfortable. There's the, there's, um, imperfections in raw tea, but you can see, you can see all the potential energy in the tea when you drink raw tea. Um, and then the 101, the fire was too hot and kind of unstable. And then the 102, the fire was not hot enough and it didn't actually get into the center of the tea. But in each of the roasted ones, you can kind of see what's kind of like what's could be what could be possible a little bit more. Like you drink the raw tea, it's like okay. And then when you add a roast to it, there's a even though there's some definitely some issues with the way that I roasted it, there you get to see a little bit of uh how it could come together and what the flavor profile might be. Uh, if you roast it different kinds of ways, because there's options. It depends on, on the direction you want to go. But charcoal roasting is fascinating because not only is the tea alive and changing, the fire itself is also alive and changing. And uh, there's a trick to roasting charcoal tea well that I heard my teacher talk about but I'm not able to do it is to find the suchness of the tea the nature or the core and then find the suchness of the fire and put them together at a point where they will get along wow um could you just really quick, uh, for someone who may not be aware of uh, the, the purpose of roasting a tea, can you give us like a quick just roasting 101? Yeah, yeah. Maybe take a sip of the uh, raw tea first. Okay. And then take a sip of the uh, 102. I mean 101. So without talking about the flavor difference, which is big, what would you say is your major, the way that you identify the, the raw one versus the roasted one? Without flavor, I, I would say the way it sits in the body. I mean, flavor is my number one thing. And how it... Here, like, because I'm, I'm mm. like, you know, we're recording a podcast, all my energy is up in my head, so I'm like thinking about it. But now you're asking me without the flavor. It's it's absolutely the way it sits in my body. Um. I feel like the 101 is sitting down with me and it's very kind of comfortable and it's sitting down with me, unlike the couch. Whereas the, the raw is still a little bit floating. Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Whew. That's 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 why you roast tea. <laughs> that's exactly why you roast tea. Whew. Okay, fast. <laughs> see. Yeah, so when, when you have a raw tea, it's different than when you have a... So nowadays with Taiwanese oolong, a lot of teas are finished raw. And what that means is they will be sent to market unroasted. 
they'll go through an extensive, I mean, you, you've been in Taiwan many times and you know about tea production, but just for the listeners, there's a, there's a, there's a drying machine and you can run the tea through there more times until all the moisture is pushed out as much as possible, bag it up in a vacuum pack and, uh, send it out. That's how most high mountain oolong is made nowadays. That's how some baozhong is made nowadays. Um, that's how a lot of Ruby 18, Oriental Beauty, like there's not a lot of, uh, there's not as much roasting going on as there used to be because we have plastic packages and vacuum sealing machines. But, um, in the old school way of tea making, you don't finish a tea raw you you let it remain unfinished so you have for example in poor you have mao cha use the same word in, in taiwan mao cha is raw tea it's not ready to drink yet and it has some moisture you should push, push out most of the moisture but it has some moisture and uh it doesn't settle into the tea drinker comfortably uh it has uh problems it has um imperfections it has some jagged edges um and then with roasting this is the way my teacher described it i like this metaphor is with roasting it's like you have the raw tea and then your job is to take a camera with a lens and focus it in so that you can see what's beautiful about the tea so if you imagine like you see like a nice looking tree and you snap an iPhone photo and then everyone's like, that doesn't look that good. What's, what's so good about that tree? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, that's just like a tree, dude. And then someone that's like a professional photographer takes a, the same tree and it, the place is available to you in a small way through the photo. That's what a roaster does. And it's my feeling that the majority of oolong can benefit from a roast not necessarily that all tea has to be roasted i like some raw teas some finished raw teas um but uh i think that there's almost no way to this is an exaggeration it would it's not likely that you're going to have a perfect tea right out of the Honggan machine, the drying machine. So traditionally, the roaster, the roasting process is part of the um, traditional wholesale step in tea production. So the farmers make the tea into into a raw product. They ship it down to the wholesalers, and the wholesaler is the one who takes care of uh, finishing the tea, roasting it. And in the old days, there was no vacuum packaging. So if you if you roast it, it'll last mm-hmm. a lot longer. And on top of that, even if you're not a big wholesaler, if you know how to roast tea, you can care for you can care for your oolong teas. Meaning you if you see something like this tea is getting stale, you can bring it back. If you see like this tea um has a flavor that I don't like, but it tastes pretty okay now, but there's just something about it I don't like, you can let it sit without worrying about it going stale because you can always roast it again later on and just wait for that to, to air out. So sometimes once you have enough, you know, product, you can buy whole harvests of tea and let them sit for a year or two years or, 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 you know, a long time before you actually put it over the fire and roast it. And that gives you a more mature tasting mm-hmm. tea. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, and it's it's really cool to uh, to talk about roasting more than just I think, which is it's it's valid. But a lot of us in, I guess the the Western tea market or community talk about roasting as a way to bring out sweetness. That was my my initial response was like, oh, this, the, the aroma is so sweet. But absolutely, it's it's not just a flavor transformation, and it's really cool to be able to dip into that. Um, uh, you're right though. Like there's a, yeah, I mean, you, you hang out with tea farmers. There's a flavor, a, a flavor. There's a feeling. Ching, ching way. Tao ting, ching, 
you want to get rid of the ching, ching like green stinky. That's mm-hmm. how I stinky green. That's how mm-hmm. I translate it into mm-hmm. English. And and when you use roasting to push out the stinky green, it will be more sweet. So that's that's not that's not a bad uh, description either. But there's a there's a lot of uh, depth to it. Right. Um, so I, we've tasted these teas. What would you like to say about them? What would you like to say about them? I mean, I, I'm, I'm like trying to throw it in your court because like I can't even imagine what these teas would mean to you. Um, because you've spent so much time with them. Like you've, you've played with them. You've like developed a relationship with these teas. I'm, I'm starting to get to know them now, but... Um, yeah, it's like it's like the meme, like you do it, no you, you like <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the tea. I'm curious just to hear your initial impression of if you just consider this as uh, a tea, but di- you can see it from different mm-hmm. angles. Yeah, I mean, do you find it to be calming or exciting, or do you find it to be like? sweet or, or yeah, savory. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy to talk if you'd rather I talk about it. Um on on the raw, the raw is the unroasted tea. The the green taste is very, very obvious. And I I don't like green taste very much. Um I think it's tricky. I'm not sure if you'd agree with this, but for me, green taste is so common in like a lot of the oolong that we drink, you know, that it's become kind of like, oh, that's like a floral taste or that's a, that's just grassy. But for me, just because I feel uncomfortable when there's green in a tea, I like just immediately don't like a tea as much if there's that green, stinky, stinky green inside of the tea and it's there in the raw. Um, it tastes good. It's, it's lively. It's got some like bounce to it, but it is floating and it's not as comfortable. And then on the, once we get to the roasted teas, the, the, the teas that you roasted, um, 101 is a little bit heavier. It drops very low. Um, comfortable though. It drops really, really low, bassy, kind of like thrumming. And then, and I'm not sure if it's because maybe I heard you and what the teas went through, but I, I taste it. I absolutely taste it and feel it. Um, the 102 kind of comes up a little bit from the thrumming bass and kind of like lightens up, but it's still like very structured. It's got a lot of kind of self-assurance, I guess. I like them both. Um, nice. You have any thoughts, Stephen? Well, he mentioned one is too hot and one is too cold. The charcoals, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering how that manifests itself in the tea, because I, I taste that there's a flavor difference. But I'm struggling to. I'm not drinking this thinking there's a flaw. I I see them as two different teas, but I don't see the flaw. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Great. That's great. So the the reason I enjoy this raw tea, I'm still working on the. Let me rephrase that. I came into this session with the intention of sharing my process rather than trying to tell you how good I am because I'm not, I'm not ready to share these teas with the world yet. And it's right now my uh, internal practice to be able to see clearly the suchness, the core of a raw tea clearly enough that I can watch it dance on the top of the fire. The problem that I find with the 101, the first thing that both of these teas have is the charcoal is not, not super clean. It has a petroleum-like aftertaste and a little bit of scratchiness. I do get that, yeah. The Taiwanese charcoal doesn't have uh, because they use tropical fruitwood trees. And I've found a source 
for tropical fruitwood trees, which is great. So I'm going to try that next. But, but the, but the, the, in terms of the skill, the 101 has been covered up by the fire. The, the nature of the tea doesn't come through. The flavor is not bad that there's a kind of kind of a chocolatiness that I do enjoy in the, the, the final roasted version that I tasted in Dongding, that the Mama Su, the, the, the actual tea maker up there, she, um, roasted a version of this tea and I, and I tasted it. And that's when I fell in love with the tea. And when I tasted the raw tea, I wasn't aware of how good it was, but I thought I'll just go, I'll just go for it. Cause they say that it's, that it's good. And now I've fallen in love with the, with the, with the raw tea. There's a note in the, in the 101 that I enjoy that chocolatey kind of richness, which is, which is, um, a similar note to what I found when I tasted it in Dongding, but the tea is not set up properly. It's, it's, it's covered up. It's like, it's, uh, it's like, it's walking down the street with a shawl that's too big and it can't see because the shawl is so coming down over its eyes. There's just too much on top of it. And that's why I say it's too hot. I think it's possible to go hot and 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 almost even scorch a tea and make something good out of it, but I didn't do that with this tea. With the with the one that's slightly raw in the middle? The 102? The 102? Is it just it has it has a an unclean uh it has an unclean, unfinished, still slightly raw feeling in the back, and 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 because it's already been roasted, it's kind of stuck in there. There may be a way to get it out. I don't know, but my teacher did say, if you want to learn to roast tea, you have to be ready to burn money. <laughs> I don't know if this tea is coming back, but. Uh, that's that's my issue with this tea is that is that it's not all the way finished and it feels like a person that's on edge. Whereas the raw tea, there's although it's not also not comfortable, like Reese said, there's that green. It has potential still. So um those are the reasons that I that I didn't decide to uh just go ahead and start selling these teas. I actually made a third one. Uh, 103 that was also the fire was too hot not as hot as this one it's kind of closer to be like the goldilocks of the three but it's still not uh it's also the reason i didn't send it is not as obvious as the other two it's like the goldilocks within this cat within this like world but it's it's not the not the uh goldilocks of my heart <laughs> gotcha yeah and and the the I I haven't found a way to honor the suchness, the natural personality of the tea in the final product. And without that, it's uh, not ready. What is it in the raw that you like so much? Good question. So behind the 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 fact that it's not set up properly, and this is what's very hard to express and that I'm still working on, but there's a there's something about the tea that's honest. And it has physically a potential. The problem, I mean, not the problem, but the the fact 
of drinking raw tea is it's not finished. So the energy goes in the wrong places. To make it feel uncomfortable. But with the second, the roasted one, the energy, like you say, is pushed down. But it's like it has the brakes on. It's like it's too heavy to move through the tunnel that it's supposed to move through. Or too big, I mean, and and it's like kind of scraping against the sides a little bit. It's not uh it's not able to run smoothly through the tracks. And the the next one it just feels uneasy. So the question was, what, what do I like about this tea? And that's what's really hard to answer. It's really hard to say. Like, uh, I like it. It feels like an honest tea, no matter what the personality of it is. It's a little stinky, actually. Dongding in general has a, a little bit of a stinky smell to it, kind of like a good cheese. There's something a little bit off-putting about the smell, especially in the bottom of the cup. But Dongding tea, at least uh, the Dongding that we get from the farmer that we work with, is honest tea. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, not a showy tea, and I don't mind showy teas. But it's also not trying to become a showy tea. And a showy tea, if it's honestly a showy tea, is great. You know, I think that I think that that's the best way that I have to say it right now is that it's honest. And and there's teas that I've tasted, raw teas that I've tasted, finished teas that I've tasted that don't feel honest. And and for that, I would not like to sell them, and I would not like to take them into my body, and I would not like to put them over my roaster and roast them. Also, it's clean. I mean, they don't use chemicals. They don't use pesticides. They don't use uh, artificial fertilizers, which is really important too, because that'll get into the air. You roast tea and the heat pushes everything out into the air. It'll actually make you high from the caffeine. If you're in a roasting room, you get the caffeine uh, and you can't sleep very easily. Actually, when I roast tea, I don't sleep. So I roasted tea. This time the charcoal was burning fast. I only roasted for three days, but for three days I didn't sleep. And the the tea roasters in Taiwan, the the charcoal lasts for 10 days. So for 10 days, they basically don't sleep. They take cat naps, but they don't sleep sleep. Um, But yeah, when everything gets into the air and your body is on that level of of, uh, overwork, the last thing that you want is to be breathing in chemicals. It'll push you over the edge and it can be really harmful to your body. Can I, uh, I mean, I'm shocked because this, when you said that, there was one time when we were doing the green tea drink down, we have a challenge at Tea Curious where we, we try to drink down all our green teas. And without you telling me, you had roasted a hojicha with, with like an old green tea to surprise me, you know? And then I had no idea what was happening, but like I felt ill as like the smell permeated the house and i was like what is going on and so steven comes in and he's like hey i'm making hojicha he's like really happy because he's making something for me for us right it's, it's a joyful thing but i'm like what the hell are you doing like what are, why did you do that i was so bitchy because like i could feel like just unease and i took issue with the tea and i had no idea what it was and so since then, I haven't roasted a tea just for fun. I mean, we don't roast tea like Noah does, um, but to refresh a tea or to play around with, we've done that before. But that tea was so horrible that, and it, and now I'm, I'm I'm wondering if that's what that was because I know that the the raw tea that that was that Senshal was not a clean tea, which is why we roasted it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it sounds like you're a little bit sensitive. I would, I would, uh, I would yeah. feel fine roasting or re- refreshing teas if I were you, but not, uh, not dirty ones because it'll just get in the air. I mean, yeah, we you shouldn't drink them either. To be a little bit of a of a dad sounding, right, you shouldn't right. drink bad tea, but but uh, but uh, you definitely shouldn't roast them if you're sensitive because it'll get into the air and it's really it's not good for you. That explains a lot. Yeah. So at least we learned something. <laughs> Do you, you know how to identify if a tea is the... I feel Before drinking it or... <laughs> I mean... Drinking well, just, it. Well, yeah, drinking degree. it. Drinking I mean, I, I thought yeah. that I was more good at it than I than I think I am now. I mean, it's, it's crazy that like effect of like, okay, I think I identify it. And then you run into some teas that... I talked to the farmer and I know that they're using clean growing practices but then their processing is not as good. So that feels uncomfortable too. So the, the difference between the two of like clean tea growing wise versus like tea that's not processed correctly. I have difficulty discerning between the two, but typically I would say, you know, with some degree of, I mean, it just, you can just feel it <laughs> for for us. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel it. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. I'm not confident in it, and I don't know sometimes if my judgment is correct or not. So, for example, when you asked me, what did you think about the raw? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fix it on the green the green taste. But then when you told me, but I like this tea. It may be not finished yet, but there's an honesty to it. And I, I can kind of shift, like, lenses, almost like shift lenses of, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to evaluate for the greenness of a tea now, which is typically what my my lens is when I'm when tasting tea, you know, from vendors or the wild, like, oh, this tea was green, they didn't like the processing wasn't good, typical. But now that you're asking me to see what do you think I liked about this tea, basically, right? Um now I like it. Now it's it's I was able to hear something from it that it felt like it moved forward a little bit. Like it's a it, it comes on to you in a very friendly way. Um is what I got from it. Do you? What do you get, Stephen? Agree. Yeah, really, the yeah. same thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if that that makes any sense to you. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I guess some teas might like spread their wings out and be like, "Hello, how's it going?" But these this tea, like, it takes a step towards you. Um, it leans forward to me to to greet me almost. So then the, the green taste is not as important to me. Um, and I, I think that's why, like, in the beginning of this, I'm like, wow, like, Noah and Shoan are so intimidating. And I, I respect them and love them so much because when we sit with you, we have what we're capable of, you know, seeing and feeling from our practice, which I'm proud of our practice, right? But then when when you share something with us, like a little bit of like a, it's almost like a challenge or a way of seeing it that we haven't seen before. It's very challenging and really thought provoking, but also very difficult to do, you know, because now I have to throw out like my, my habit of like, Oh, it's green. Don't like it. And not knowing what you mean by it, you have to like, I just got to listen to what Noah says and see what I can pick up and assume that I can maybe try to grasp it, you know, (laughs) It's, it's fun. <laughs> but I think your intuition was good, actually. If uh, someone came to you and was like, Re, would you buy this tea in the state that it's in? And you said, no, it has an uncomfortable green feeling. They'd be like, right. <laughs> or they'd be like, screw you. You don't know what my tea is so good, but they'd be wrong, you know. Well, right. <laughs> In that context, so you're, but like you're uh, you're correct that it's not uh, drinkable tea as is, but I'm glad that I could share a little bit of as a aspiring roaster what I'm looking for in a raw tea. That's exciting, though, because, I mean, if we think about people, yeah. and this is what I love about listening to you guys talk, 
is we like to look at teas as, pe- as people too. It makes a lot of sense to me, you know? Like, I can deal with tasting notes, but teas feel like people. And if this tea... I mean, I even, like, it might sound selfish, but I think about myself. It's like, I am so flawed and so green and so uncomfortable. Like, that's just me as a person, you know? Like, I carry a lot of, like, unsureness and, you know, overthinking. And sometimes I can make someone feel uncomfortable because I'm thrumming with that nervous energy. But do I not... Do I judge a person, myself or someone else, by what they have at that moment? Or can I think about the potential in the future of that that tea, that person, that, that, you know, that experience. So I'm like, I'm really, this is really exciting because I'm like, wow, like, tea is not just a static thing, which we've known. But through your lens, I'm like, well, there's a tea now, but what could it be? And that's, that's really fun. <laughs> and yeah, I, I like this tea a lot. Even if it's not there yet. <laughs> What I enjoy about your presence, Re, is that you have a, uh, inquisitive nature. Yeah, that's really good. And that's really important for, you know, wanting to learn more about teas. And you're, you also don't shy away from the part of it that can feel kind of uncertain despite the fact that you said that you overthink things you actually have a lot of uh, presence of mind in your body so when you said when I first asked you what you feel about these teas you said that this raw one feels kind of up and then the oh, the the strongly roasted one feels more uh, sinking or down, which is, uh, I don't know, really good noticing. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, so that's just to say, I appreciate you. That's all. Oh. I mean, I really appreciate you two and the two of you. And that's, I mean, you're, you're expressing well what I meant at the beginning of like how much you've given to us is, it's a lot. Because you're saying this to me now and it's very like, I, when when I like, about you, Ri, and like, I get this trust feeling because I'm not comfortable talking about myself and like accepting like a positive thing. That's one I'm working on. But also, I'm going to accept what you said, but your presence makes me more capable of doing this stuff, you know, because I'm always like running around and my head cut off like a chicken, you know, it's just, I'm trying to work with myself, right? But that's like where I am energy wise as a person is I'm quite like high, high frequency. But that's, I think that's what's cool about tea is that the tea is here, three different teas. Well, it's the same tea, right? It's just you worked on it. And Noah's here and Steven's here and it's, and, and I'm here, it's creating a specific kind of environment. Where, while Noah said that I am capable of, of picking up these things, and I, I know I am, your hosting and holding of space from far away, this is a podcast, this is ridiculous, it blows me away that you can do this. You can bring this out of me and let your tea speak to me from like hundreds of miles away. That's ridiculous. You know? <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> That's so dumb. In like the best way possible, you know. And hmm. thank you. I'm glad to be able to share with you. And it's the tea, man. It's the that's what's so amazing about tea. I had a a podcast recording in our shop with a young man named John, and he has also a very inquisitive uh, mind, very curious mind. 
And he sat down with us and said, uh, we're talking about tea being either bound up or open. He said he felt like when he sat down with the tea and us, He wasn't sure if it was the tea or him or us or we're all feeling bound up. And then he said that as the tea session moved on, he started to feel more and more open. And and that's what's so incredible about this plant is that it has the power to touch a part of a human that we're not necessarily consciously aware of. It's like it does the work of being mindful for us if we can give it a certain amount of, 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 of space to do so. And it's able to not just physically uh, loosen the shoulders, like that moment when you... or loosen the back muscles, loosen the mouth and the throat and the stomach as you're swallowing the tea, but it also has the ability to, to touch a person emotionally. Um, and that's what a tea session for me, that's what the, 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 the rhythm of a tea session is that is, is you start off and it's a little bit cold maybe in the room. And as the tea kind of blooms into the people that are sitting there, in a good tea session, it can lift off a bad mood. Simple as that, you know, or as deep as a, as a very tightly held uh, wrong belief about yourself, but as, as simple as just makes you feel a little bit better because you're grouchy that day, you know, and, and that, is uh i think that's the reason why i keep going with tea it's given me a lot of moments like that and i want to be able to give other people the opportunity to experience that from the tea i was watching a i was watching a uh dharma talk do you guys follow uh uh tiknat han a Buddhist Zen Buddhist teacher. Um, he was giving a Dharma talk, and it was about an hour long video, but it was stopping around thirty minutes. And then he started to say, "We're going to do a chant now." And he was sitting there while all of his monks and nuns were on either side of him, chanting to the Bodhisattva of compassion, and. He was sitting there doing these mudras, slowly, slowly, and then releasing it off into a person or off into the world. And I feel like T has done that to me, has given me these moments, given me these opportunities and touched me in a way. And I hope to, through roasting better and better teas, um, finding honest teas and finding a way to bring out their true nature, um, share what I have gotten out of tea with other people. That's what I want to do. It's pretty amazing. Um... It's a words can't express thing again, where like, just your brewing, okay, has done so much to me that I can't even imagine, you know, not to like send it to outer space. It's not, I can't even imagine I'm like, oh, it's going to be so big and so huge. Just, just you, you know, you and the tea and like the developing relationship with you and tea and you and other people and what you bring out to other people it really is exciting, you know? Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. <laughs> um, I'm excited to share it with you guys too once I'm like 
this is like the fucking shit. This is like where it's supposed to be. I look forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, these were great. It's, it's going to get there. It's fun to see the process too, because I mean, you... Well, yeah, I'm glad to be able to share it with you guys. I haven't shared it with anybody else so far. So it's uh, it's kind of enlightening to be able to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Because um, the, the teas that we get from you guys, um, like the Old Bush Teglanian and like, you know, 98 Dongding, they've, I mean, they're from your teachers right so they are so incredibly assured in themselves that it's finished it's 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 like seeing like a work of art on the wall already but it, it a moving work of art but to see the process of it too is is quite awesome because it, it it feels human and you kind of see where where that comes from so i really appreciate that you're willing to share the in process too because it it's just as beautiful as the finished product or what 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 someone who's been doing it for like 50 years has done um cuz we're human you know like just like this tea it's it's not finished yet and for me as a very imperfect person it's inspiring because it's like okay it's all just process don't got to worry about it um yeah that's my mantra right now it's this is trust the process. That's my mantra. I come back to that, you know. Yeah. So uh, as we wrap up, is there maybe, maybe if there's one thing you'd want someone who's listening to this to just know or feel or consider, what might it be? Even buy if- tea at floatingleaves.com. I mean, yes, number yeah. one. It's it's fucking fucking good. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. <laughs> Highly recommend also. And uh, can I ask something about you, maybe, that sometimes you might not be able to to share in the space that you occupy, usually, in, like, your work and, like, your podcast? Is there something that you wish that you could just kind of, like, drop in out of context? I don't have a lot of time to say it. It's kind of a big thing. So maybe I'll hold off. No, I'll say it right now. Really quickly. We're in a time where there's a lot of separation and a lot of division. And what I've gotten from T is that I can be not only with other people, which is necessary, but also that I can be with myself. In a moment of difficulty, I can sip a tea and be with a tea, and, and it can bring me closer to myself. And I can share a tea with somebody, and it can become closer to that person. So I would like people that are listening to brew tea for more people. It's not hard. It's fun. It feels really good. And sometimes it's sometimes it's uh, transformative. And it can be as simple as just sharing uh, the afternoon with somebody. But it's a, it's a, it's a way that I find it's a way to connect with people that I find is, is could be really, really helpful in a time like this. So that's what I would like to share. Makes me very happy to hear. And I agree. That's, that's, that's really important for us also. So thank you, Noah. Um, this has been amazing. What a, what, is, what a way to spend an hour. Everything that you've said is without tea, how could we have made this container of space? <laughs> Yep, yep. And done these teapot. things. Yep. Wonderful. This is our large teapot. Our, <laughs> our, our multi-city cross-web interconnected multi-dimensional teapot. That's right. And I hope that you, friend, who are listening to this, can we reach out over time and space to, to reach you too? <laughs> you are here with us. I can feel it. That's crazy. So thank you, Noah, for making that happen. Um, yeah thank you thank you for inviting me this is really great yeah thank you and yeah that's it that's the session what an amazing session oh my goodness I'm recording this way way after the actual session itself 
but I think that's what a good tea session and a good tea friend and teacher can do to you. That the lessons that they teach are so gentle, but they follow you for many, many months and many, many years afterwards. I think Steven and I feel the same way about this. So thank you, Noah, for sharing your time. It really feels like a gift. So if you'd like to listen and learn more from Noah and Joanne, find them at floatingleaves.com. They also have their U.S. site at floatingleaves.us. I believe the .com site is the one that ships from Taiwan. Just dope teas on both anyway. And then also check out their podcast at Floating Leaves Podcast and also their YouTube channel, probably just Floating Leaves as well. All of these links will be in the show notes for you to find. And then yeah, pick up some friggin' tea, okay? <laughs> this tea is amazing. I can't wait to see how this podcast ages with time as Noah continues to practice this, as I know he will be for a very long time. So thank you again, Noah. We really appreciate you. And for you listening to us, thank you for spending time with us and learning with us. For keeping an open mind, open heart, open tea spirit. Um, we're Tea Curious. Find us at Tea Curious on Instagram and at Tea Curious, the website. And our DMs and emails are always open. Email us at hello at teacurious.com. And if this is a cool episode, you know, maybe leave a review or a like or a share. Tell your tea friends. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you too. Have a good one. Hope your tea is good. Bye.